Well, you are in for a treat this morning. Um, and um, I've told you before, but I have, I have traveled the world. Not very many people I can say I've traveled the world with, Madison. Not very many. But I can say I've traveled the world with Madison. And I have watched him preach. Um, he has um, called doctors on my behalf. <laughs> I got sick when we were in Africa, and I'll tell you what, honey, I don't think I'd have made it if, if he wouldn't have called the doctor, and he was very worried about explaining that to you, so he got the best medical help that, that he could find. But he's going to share a message that for January 2022, this is the message that we need to hear as the body of Christ, as as parents, as husbands, as wives, as people, as sons, as daughters, we need to hear this message today. And I'm excited to just welcome to the platform, Madison Gafison. Would you just welcome him this morning? <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> Good morning, church. Happy New Year. Okay, that is wonderful. Um, it's... A beautiful year, and I'm glad to be here and to just share with you the Word of God this morning. But this, here is where I want to begin this morning. I want to begin by saying that this could be that year that you and me have been trusting God for. You see, in the heart of every believer, there's always this expectation, and that God put it in us, actually. This thing where you know that, you know, that, there's something bigger. And sometimes you just, you sense it, you, you feel it. You don't know how to really articulate it. You don't even know how to say it. You just know that something has to happen. But sometimes, you know, we feel all of that and we, and, 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 and we think about it, but maybe it doesn't happen or it doesn't come too soon and we let up on it and we forget about it and we say, well, maybe it was just... Uh, figment of my imagination and you abandon it and you never revisit it. But I want you to think about it this morning. What if this is that year that your walk with God takes a different turn for the good than you have ever imagined? You know, every one of us here wants a, a close relationship with Jesus. But what if this is that year that you walk with Jesus, you hear him speaking to you. You can feel him. His presence is with you at your job, when you go on the streets, in the malls, and you can feel and, and understand and, and, and grasp this concept of who God is really in your life. What if this is that year? What if this is that year that you break out from addictions? Because if we are honest, there are some things that are not so good about our lives. We would wish that every day looked like a Sunday when we come here from between 11 o'clock to about 11 something. But if we, we, we can go home, we know there's some things that are holding us bound. Maybe alcoholism, maybe drugs, or maybe whatever that thing is holding you, fear, or whatever it is holding you. But, but what if this is the year that you and me break out? From that place? What if this is the year that your child, your spouse, your husband, your wife comes back to God? What if it's that year? You know, that they call you and they're like, 
you know, you see, you see the, the color, color ID and you're like, what? Do I pick or do I not pick? No, because I don't understand. What, what's happening? You know, you know, you know have, have you ever seen people that have, you have a poor relationship with someone and maybe they never smile at you or maybe, you know, they never look your way and one day they suddenly begin to smile. You're like, oh my God, <laughs> what is going on? Like, you, you're, not, you're not taking that smile for what it's worth, right? Like, mm, yeah, yeah, it's smiling, but what the, what's the deal? Come to the point, right? Because you're suspicious about it. What if this is the year that the Lord visit your, your child, your spouse, your loved one. What if this is the year that you get delivered from fear, from guilt, from shame? There are some of us that did some things in the past and that past is still holding us captive. When we think about that past, it suddenly takes the oxygen from us. What if this is the year that you can walk with your shoulders high, with your head up high, and say, I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm no longer a slave to guilt. I'm no longer a slave to shame. Do you know that the one who wrote over half of the New Testament was a murderer? He was a serial killer? But he wrote anyhow. God still committed for him to write over half of the New Testament. So what am I saying? I'm saying you can deal with the guilt and shame. Jesus' blood is able to wash you and me from the things of the past and to bring us into a space where we experience his power, where we experience his love. What if this is the year that the devil leaves your family alone? Come on, you know, like you know, sometimes you know, the, you know, the enemy comes and he's messing up, you know, your relationship with your wife and, uh, you know, like your children, things are not just going. Maybe this is that year that the devil just leaves you alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what if this is the year that compromise is no longer part of your life? Lukewarmness is no longer part of your life. What if this is the year where, you know, you say, I'm going to break out from depression Break out from sadness. You know, I, you know it's, it's true that we live in the frozen, chosen part of the world, but you can be happy because there is a Jesus. Oh, 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 did I lose you? Did I lose you? Did I lose you? I said, I said we live in the frozen, chosen part of the world, but it, that does not guarantee our depression. As long as there's Jesus... As long as there's Jesus. So there is Jesus. And so what if this is a year where depression leaves your family, leaves you alone so that you can serve the living God? What if this is that year? What if this is the year that sadness is no longer part of your life? What if this is the year that God chooses to restore you financially, restore your joy and do all of that? Are you going to let him do that? If, what if this is the year that the Lord visits you and me with salvation. You know, I, I have seen, you know, I have seen my share of things. I was born in a little tiny village in Africa, um, you know, and I have been, and I have seen a little bit of the world somehow, you know, I've, you know, enjoyed some, you know, some nice cities and things like that. But after, you know, after all is said and done, there is nothing like having 
Jesus in my life. There is nothing that beats that. No amount of education, no amount of money, no amount of friends, no amount of, of, of whatever thing that you can think about can substitute the very presence of the God of heaven and earth, the one who made heaven and earth living inside of you. Salvation is the greatest thing that can ever happen to you and me. And still is, still is, still is. So in the month of January, here at Silver Creek Church, we are starting this series, Let My People Go. We want you to, here is the thing though. So this year could be this year, could be that year. But here is one thing. If this year would have to be that year, then you will have to do this year something you never did in the other years. You have to start doing Because again, we have heard it said over and over again, insanity is what? Doing the same thing over and over and over and over again and expecting a different result. You did it last year the, the other way. The results were what they were. Why not do it the Jesus way this year and let us get a Jesus result? Can somebody say amen? amen? Yeah, why not do it that way? So this is the year for us to rise up and do something. So throughout the month of January, we will be praying for ourselves, praying for our families, praying for our church, praying for our community, praying for the United States of America. You don't want to miss each one of these services, I want you to show up. Even invite your families, those that are downstate, let them come up. Uh, you know, it's, you know it's, it might be, this year we are having a very, a very wonderful winter though. It's not even snowing anything, right? It's not really that cold. So invite people to come. Just like you invited them for Christmas. You know, uh, but this time around we want to invite them so we can pray. Because we have got to trust God for a Jesus 2022. A year filled with the glory of God, filled with the power of God. And so on the third, uh, on the third week of this year, uh, I, I guess from the 17th to the 21st, we will be coming to church every day in the evening to pray. Please don't sit in your home and say, well, yeah, I just came back from work. And, and that's why the work is depressing you. Come into the presence of God. Come with God's people. Let us cry out to God. Prayer works. Prayer works. <laughs> you know, so this year we are going to trust God. So this is the very first uh, uh, teaching on the, on the series, Let My People Go. And, and my message today is entitled, uh, you know, Free From Bondage. Free From Bondage. So to, the, throughout this month, we are going to be reading the book of Exodus. So Exodus simply means movement. <laughs> movement, the book of the movement. Why is God bringing us to Exodus? Well, because he wants his people to move. You have come to where you are for so long. You have come to where you are for so long. And so there is a time to move. You know, when you just think about what, you know, what the COVID-19 has done for us, 2020, we are grounded, 2021, and there are all kinds of variants, Delta comes and then Omicron comes. and There comes a time when you just get tired and you're just like, okay, I'm just going to... Uh, you know, you just, I'm just going to be doing that. No, but God has called us for victory. God has called us to be overcomers. So we are going to trust God. Oh Lord, whatever you have got for us, we are going to experience the fullness of what God has for us. 
How many of you here want to experience the fullness of God for your life? You don't just want to be surviving and just surviving and then... No, no, no. God said that you and me are more than conquerors through Christ. So in the book of Exodus, it's a book of movement. That, you know, you know, it's moving from Egypt into the promised land. From Egypt into the promised land. Can I just tell you this? That every one of us believers, there is a promised land. God has some way he wants you and me to be. Whether we are there or not, it's a question to ask. But God has something for us. The Bible says we are the handwork, handiwork of God, created in Christ Jesus for good works that he had planned in advance for us to do. We are his work. So he, there is a plan that he did in advance for us to walk in. And that is why we have to leave that Egypt of depression and, and, and sin and all of that. And we have to come into that promised land. You see the book of Exodus is a book for, you know, talks about moving from bondage and into freedom. You know, and, 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 and it, it, God wants us to break the chains you know, and, and, and the freedom there might not be a freedom, like physical freedom like it was in the day, back in the day, and them coming out of a land called Egypt and then coming into the promised land. But for us, it might mean different things. But again, God wants you and me to be free. We just talked about a while ago. We say, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. He was calling them from lack and scarcity. He said to a land flowing with milk and honey. Oh my God. You see, every one of us here, God wants to have us come to a place that he has prepared for us. From oppression and into liberty. That is the kind of thing that God was calling his people into. I looked up the word Exodus. And I was, you know, and, uh, you know, one of the, word, the, the, the dictionary definitions for the word Exodus was mass departure. You know what? God wants us as a church to have a mass departure from sin, a mass departure from depression, a mass departure from fear, a mass departure from chains that are holding us down. Mass departures. I love that. How, how would it be if, you, if suddenly the Lord breaks through in our congregation and there's such a massive departure from the old and into the new, from that which is cursed and into that which is blessed? Wouldn't you like that, church? We're talking here about an exodus. You know, when, you look, when we were reading through the book of Exodus, I just want you, and I, in fact, I encourage you to read through the book of Exodus from chapter one to the very last chapter. It's a very interesting book. But as you read, I want you to see some typology, some things, uh, some symbols there. You know, when you read the book of Exodus, when you hear about Israel, it's just talking about the people of God. That's the way you can interpret it, the people of God, God's own people. When you read about Egypt, it's talking about the world system. So you can literally put world system for, for Egypt, and you'll be right on everything, and it would read very nicely, right? When you hear about Moses, Moses in the book of Exodus represents God himself. Because God will say, I will make you a God unto Pharaoh, and he says, Aaron, your brother, will be your prophet. So when you read, when they say, Moses said, you could literally say, God said. <laughs> you know, that's how interesting it is, the book of Exodus. And Aaron, who is actually Moses' brother, in fact, Moses' 
older brother, you know, uh, is a prophet, you know. So Moses speaks to Aaron and says, do this, and Aaron does it. And, you know, everything that God told Moses to do, he would instruct Aaron on what to do, and Aaron would do it. And Pharaoh is a, is a type of a devil. You know, he's the one who doesn't want God's people to go free. He doesn't, he has, he's, he enjoys, he wants God's people to be in bondage. He wants them to be in slavery. He is, he is liking it. You know, he celebrates it. But when God came to Moses back in the day, in Exodus chapter 9 and verse 1, this is what he said. Then the Lord said to Moses, go to Pharaoh and say to him, this is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews says, let my people go so that they may worship me. When I read that verse, it, if you read it backwards, it will say, in other words, for us to really worship God, it takes for us to be free. If our, if our hands are in fetters and in chains, then we have more time, we are occupied with our chains than we are occupied on lifting up of hands. You know, you know what the Bible talks about lifting up of hands? It says, let the lifting up of our hands be like an evening sacrifice. Let, let it be our worship to God. But how could we worship God with chains and all of that? So he said, let my people go so that they might worship me. I want them to be free. When they want to lift up their hands, they can lift. When they want to dance, they can dance. When they want to skip, they, they want to jump. Whatever they want to do, let them do it. I want them to experience freedom. Uh, but you see, when the Lord said this, unfortunately, from the human perspective, the children of Israel had been in bondage for 430 years. Think about it. When you are in a situation for 430 years, <laughs> and suddenly someone says, you know, it's going to be different this time around, you're kind of like, oh, come on, come on, come on. What, 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 what an expensive joke. Like, no, no, no. And, and, and this is the kind of thing that happens even when God speaks something to us. God says, oh my God, I want to take the depression away. And say, oh God, you know, you don't understand. Do you know what Dr. So-and-so said? I mean, I just came from the hospital the other day. I mean, do you know what he said? You know, how can you say that? You don't know how long this has been? This, this has been my depression. I've been having my depression for 20 years now. That's my depression. Sometimes we even possess the things, right? We even make it very like, this is my diabetes. This is my high blood pressure. Like, my. But, but God wants to do something. And he comes to them. So after several years of being in your, your situation, sometimes you just get used to even something that is a bad situation. Right? You just get to manage it. Have you ever talked to people who are maybe in a living in abusive situations? After a certain time, you know, like it doesn't, it feels like that's the way life is supposed to be. They just accept it. But if you and me would have to come out of where we are right now, we would have to say, no, no. We would have to see it for what it is. We would have to see that this is slavery. We have to see that this is oppression. We have to see that this is not the place for us to be. We have to see that this is not our fate. This is not what God has called us to. We have to see that this is the time 
to jump jack out of that situation, come out of there. I remember when Jesus, you know, walked the earth, um, he met this gentleman. This gentleman was, uh, was paralyzed from, from, from birth, I think. And, you know, he was in his condition, no, he was in his condition for about 38 years. And he was sitting at a pool called Bethesda, and that pool was said to have therapeutic uh, ability. So an angel would come at a particular time and stir the pool, and anybody who jumped into that pool was healed of whatever disease they were suffering from. So this gentleman heard about the pool. He came and sat by the pool. And by the time Jesus was meeting this gentleman at, the, at that place, he had been there for 38 years. And listen to what Jesus said to him. Jesus just has a sense of humor. He says, do you want to be made whole? He meets him at that place sitting and waiting to jump into the pool and still he asks the gentleman, do you want to be made whole? But with the gentleman had another story. He said, Jesus, okay, let me just explain this to you because if I, you know, it's, the answer is not as simple as a yes or no. No, no, no. You see, I have been here for 38 years. And you know the rules in, around here. The rules say that, you know, when the pool is there, the first who jumps in is healed. So guess what? Every time the pool is stirred, before I can jump, somebody jumps in before me. And that's my problem. That's what 38 years, someone is always getting there ahead of me. Do you know sometimes in life we feel like that? Like, okay, when we send our application, okay, they just, the last guy, the cutoff for the interview just happened just before we came. Or we were just the next in line, but we never really made it. We feel like it's like every time we, 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 we are nearly there, but we are never really there. But when Jesus came to this gentleman and says, do you want to be made whole? And the gentleman said, every time Jesus, just so you know, every time the pool is stirred up and I want to jump in, somebody jumps in before me. But, but of course, I, I hope you know that that's not the answer to that question. That question is not that complicated. Do you want to be made whole? <laughs> and I, th- I feel like we Christians, that is how we... That's how we behave with God. You see, he says, do you want to be free from your addiction, free from alcohol, free from anything that is controlling you, a controlling substance, whatever it is? Do you want to be free? So, no, say, Jesus, let me tell you the story. You know what? It is like this because I was abused when I was a kid. I'm not making light about whatever, right? But we give this amount of excuses. And at the end of the day, someone is one, Jesus is wondering, like, so does he want to or does he not want to? Right, like, because it's confused, like, do you want to be made whole? So here is what is going to be happening throughout January. We are going to be preaching the gospel and the word of God from here. And literally, we are asking you, do you want to have the best 2022 that God has for you? The answer should be what? Yes, Lord! You see, do you know why, you know, uh, the Catholics... Call Mary the Blessed Virgin Mary. And they wor- literally worship him in their religion, right? But here is something that made Mary blessed. Because I've kind of found out, why, why is Mary so special? Well, Mary is so special because 
when the angel of the Lord appeared to Mary and said, you will be with child, and she was a virgin, never known a man before, never slept with a man, and then she said, be it unto me according to your word. And the Bible records, it says, blessed is she who believed because there shall be a manifestation of what she believed. Do you know why she is blessed? How I wish I could, if I had any message for the Catholics, the first day I preached at the cathedral, my message shall be why we call her the Blessed Virgin Mary. Because she believed. So she became blessed. Believe. If you believe, you will be blessed this year. If you believe that God wants to do a new thing in your life, you will be blessed. So this year, the challenge will be for you and me to turn from 430 years of bondage and to say, yes, Lord. I don't know how that will happen, but yes, Lord. In fact, Mary asked the question to the angel and said, how can this be knowing that I'm just a virgin? He said, well, you know, the, 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 the angel of the Lord said, well, Mary, just to, you know, just to uh, give a quick, 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 a quick answer to that. He says, the spirit of the Lord will come upon you. <laughs> the spirit of the Lord will come upon you. So how is that depression going to go? How is the fear going to go? How is salvation going to come to your family? How is your son, your daughter going to come back? How is your husband going to be saved? How is your wife going to be saved? Well, the spirit of the Lord will come over you. And things will happen because that is how powerful God is. So, no time to say to yourself, well, you know, I, you know, I, you don't, do you know my situation? Do you know how I'm feeling? No, 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 no. No time for all of that. Just say, yes, Lord. Be it unto me according to your word like the Blessed Virgin Mary said. Uh, let me read this from you, uh, for you. Uh, Exodus chapter 3, 7 to 10. It says this. And the Lord said, I have surely, this is when the Lord visited Moses and was telling Moses about his plans for the children of Israel. He says, and the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. Can you imagine? God sees. He says, and I have heard their cry. God hears. He says, because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. Oh my God, God knows. It says, so I have come down. So God can come down. But now, if you, if you have read the Bible carefully, you'll notice that you will hardly hear God leave his throne. Like he is so powerful that he never needs to leave his throne to do anything. He sits on his throne and controls the whole universe. In fact, to, to show you how powerful God is, the Bible says in Revelation that there was, there was war in heaven and he did not even leave his throne. It says there was war in heaven, he didn't even stand up. He just, he sent Michael and the other guys to do, he, he said, hey, hey guys, hey guys, can you go and take care of that? And the guys went and took care of all of that. He just said, there was war in heaven, it says, and then Michael and the angels fought against Lucifer and, and defeated him. Like, God was still sitting on his throne. So, but now, when it came to the deliverance of the children of Israel, it says, 
I have come down. My God. When God comes down to his people, when God hears, when God sees, when God knows what his people are going through and comes down to his people, there's about to be a show, a display of his power, of his glory, of his splendor, of his visitation, of his favor, of his salvation when he comes down. Can I tell you that God wants to come down for us this year? I believe that he has seen, you know, all of what we have gone through. He has heard, he has he knows what you and me are going through. And he has said, I just simply want to come down and be God to my people and be a father to them and hug them and love on them and show them my love and show them my grace and make them see that I truly love them. The Bible says, it says, God said, so I have come down to deliver them out of the land of the Egyptians and to bring them up from the land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. So in other words, God is bringing you to a place you cannot even pronounce the name. The Hivites and the Jebusites and the, you know, Gergeshites and, come on, you know. <laughs> that doesn't seem like a name you know, you know, you deal with at Walmart every day, right? So the God is bringing you to a place you don't even know. Like, he's so, <laughs> you don't even know how to pronounce the name. God loves you that much. <laughs> you know, now therefore behold, the cry of the children of Israel have come to me and I have also seen their oppression and which you know, with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, I will send you to Pharaoh. He's talking to Moses. I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. I feel like in the next five weeks, because we are doing this series every week, we are going to be praying with you. We're going to be praying for families. We are going to be praying that God will visit us as a church. That this will be that year. That's why I want to, you to do something you have never done. When we, on the third week, when we open the doors of the church for prayer, please, if you don't, don't say, I've never done that before, I'm not used to that. No, 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 no. Come. When we stand for worship, uh, don't say, you know, I belong to the frozen chosen. Um, lift up your hands. Because, okay, you know, because again, again, again. Sometimes I wonder what, you know. You know, people come to church and then they're like, just like, like that. And then, then they happen to be in Green Bay at this particular stadium down there. And then everybody, ah, wah, wah, like, where did the frozen, what happened to them now? What, what delivered the Finlandian? Um, what, did, what, what, what came upon them? Because when you are at the football stadium, you are shouting and all that. Then you come to church. The Bible says, shout to the Lord with a voice of triumph. Amen. Come on, only my sister here got it. I said, shout to the Lord with a voice of triumph. <laughs> yes, because that is part of our experiencing God. 
Have you ever seen anybody go to a football stadium and say, well, you know, they just sit like that and, you know, it, it, well, it, it's just, they, it, all what matters is to watch the game. Have you ever seen anybody do that? You know, during a Super Bowl, you see people, you know, put up their big TV screen and just say, let's just be quiet because, I mean, all it is just to know whether which team won. No, no, no. Everybody, they are painting their faces. They are doing all kinds of things. Their barbecue is happening. Everything is happening because of a game. We are talking about the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one who made the heavens and the earth, and you are not excited. Where else shall you ever be excited? No doubt God cannot do great things in our midst because we take him too small. As a young believer, I listened to a song, Sister Veronica. Uh, I think it was written by, uh, oh my God, back in the day, you know, one of those early, early gospel writers, and she said, how do you treat God? Like a G-O-D or a D-O-G, how do you treat God? So when you go to his house once or twice in a week, do you throw a bone and then go home? How do you treat God? You see, there's a problem with America is that we treat God so carelessly and that's why we can see his power. Because he wants to do great things in our midst. But we treat him in a way that does, he doesn't feel welcome. And that's why he cannot come and show great and mighty things. Do you know that God still heals every disease? Do you understand that God still raises even the dead? Do you understand that God still saves souls? God does all of that. The reason why you and me are not experiencing it is because we are not expecting it. We, are, we, we don't care about it. We care about going to Green Bay. <laughs> we want to watch our football match. You know, we can spend five hours on social media. We cannot even spend five minutes of prayer. What a shame. No, I, I, you know, I, please, when I say this, I'm not trying to like, kind of look down on you. I am a fellow walk, walker of, you know, in that path with you. And what I want to say is let us give God a chance in 2022. Give him some time. Spend time and read your Bible. This is the year that you read the Bible. This is the year that you pray every day. It is possible. You pray with your children. You pray with your spouse. You do something. You come to church. You trust God. You hold on to his word. You believe his word. This is that year. Can I hear an amen? amen. <laughs> I don't know when the word of God comes, sometimes it kind of like just hits you and you'll be like, oh my God. Yeah, but still say yes, be it unto me, Lord. If you say that I can do it, I can do it. If you say it's possible, I believe it's possible. I may be weak, but I know you are going to give me strength because by the way, he's not even counting on you using your own strength to do all of that. He's just wanting you to say yes. Just like the the guy who was sitting at the pool of Bethesda, 38 years, said, do you want to be made whole? All what he wants you to say, yes! You know, don't start explaining the story. Say, oh, no, you don't understand. You know, you know do you know how? No, no, don't, no, no explanation. If Jesus stands before you, he wants to do you good. The Bible says that the prophecy that announced Jesus was this. It says, the, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor, to, you know, it says to, you know, declare the, the, the freedom of cap, the captives. And one of the things that is said there, it says, the, to declare the year of jubilee. 
The year of Jubilee in the land of Israel was a time when if you had slaves, you had to let them go. They had to free them. What was the time that everybody, so every seven years, people were waiting. And then the seventh, you know, uh, you know and the seventh of the seventh year, which was the fifth, like 49th year, and then to the 50th year, wow, people used to wait for that because every slave was waiting for the year of Jubilee. But listen to what Jesus, when Jesus came, when Jesus came, Jesus said, you don't have to wait for seven years. You don't have to wait for, for the seventh of the seventh year. He says, this is the acceptable year of the Lord. This is the jubilee of the Lord. This is the year of God's favor. So 2022 is a year of God's favor. You don't have to wait any longer because God has said what? Four things I want you to remember. God has said, I have sinned. So we have a God who sees our oppression. We have a God who sees our injustice. Have you ever felt like, does anybody see what's happening in this office? <laughs> yeah. Does anybody see what's happening in this place? But I want to say, God sees. God sees. In Hebrews 4 verse 13, he says, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. So God has seen what you and me are going through. Number two, Bible says, God has heard. He said, I have heard their cry. Do you know that God hears your cry? That's why unless you cry, you don't know that he hears. Now, the only thing you need to do is, instead of crying on Facebook and crying on social media and, and ranting on social media and texting how you feel on social media, Take all of that and speak to your God. He is your Father. He is called your Heavenly Father. So the next time you're thinking about tweeting about it, the next time you're thinking about texting about it, just call on Him. He, he can hear our cry. Psalm 34 verse 17 says, The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. The righteous cries out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all, my God, all their troubles. Can you believe that God delivers from all? It's not like 99.9999, you know, some, some of us are statisticians, right? 99.99. <laughs> he doesn't even do that. He delivers them from all their troubles. God hears. Number three, he says, I have come down to deliver them. Can you, can you imagine? So God has, heard, has seen your trouble. He has heard you. You know, he, has, he, you know he, he knows he has come down so that he can deliver. Know that the Bible says in 1 Peter 5 verse 7, it says, casting our cares upon him for he cares for you. He cares for you. He cares for you. He cares for you. There's sometimes you are so much in your grief, you can't believe that God really cares because you are feeling the pain. But sometimes you also have to do it by faith. That's why we are called the family of faith, right? Like sometimes you have to say, Lord, I know you care for me. I know I have the pain, but I know you care for me. Sometimes you have to declare it by faith first, and then you see it happen in your body, in your situation. Psalm 50, 55 verse 22 says, Cast your burdens on the Lord 
and he shall sustain you. He said, he shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. As long as you are the righteous, you know, it might seem like you are being moved, but the Bible says he has a covenant with you and me that we will not be moved. So, but then you have to cast your burdens upon him first. So guess what? So that's why the entire, the, this month, when you are coming every Sunday, write your prayer request down. Come, when you come before, when this altar, because every Sunday of this, these five weeks, we are going to be having an altar call. Come before the Lord. Cry before the Lord. Feel free. He is your father. There's, everything is bare before him. He sees your trouble. He knows your midnight cry. But he's the right person to cry to. Sometimes your spouse will not even help you. Your brothers will not even help you. Your friends cannot even help you. But there is a father who cares about you and who cares about me. And he wants to free us. But I know what you are talking about, you know, you, what you are thinking about. You are thinking, well, you know what? We are Americans. We are free already, right? We are the land of the free and the home of the brave. Mm, yeah. Heard that, heard that, heard that. <laughs> it's not talking about political freedom. It's talking about real freedom. Genuine freedom. What is freedom? Freedom looks something like this. Freedom is when the devil is trying to mess up with your son and your daughter and is putting some kind of untoward thoughts in their minds and they are beginning to act stupid, right? <laughs> oh, did I just say that? Oh. And then you stand up, you arise in your family and you say, in the name of Jesus, that demon leaves this home and comes back no more. And the demon leaves and comes back no more. That, that's freedom. Freedom is not when you run on Facebook and you write stupid things there and you say, oh, I'm free. I, know we can, well, I have first amendment, I have second amendment, I have 15th and 30th, 50th amendment. Keep amending yourself. You still be in that bondage. You see, freedom is when you say, in, from this day forward, no, the devil has no power in this house and it shall be according to my word and you leave there and that demon just goes where it ought to be. Never visit. You say, sickness and disease, no place in my daughter. And it is like that. That is what we call freedom. Did you just hear that? That's why. So when Jesus, <laughs> in, in fact, the Americans are much, very much like the Jewish children. You know, let me, show, let me show you from Scripture how Americans are like the Jewish people, right? In John's Gospel, chapter 8, from verse 32, it says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed, because Americans, right? Like they believe, they believe, so we believe in the gospel. Uh, our, 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 our forefathers or our founding fathers were Christians and all of that. They are claiming all of that good stuff, all right? Uh, and then he says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. So, you are not really his disciples unless you are abiding in the word. You are doing what the word is telling you to do. And you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Now, here's the problem that he had with that statement Jesus just made. Verse 33. They answered him, talking to Jesus, We are Abraham's descendants, and we have never been in bondage to anyone. <laughs> How can you say you will be made free? It's like Americans say, no, no, 
From the day we booted out the British, we, no, 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 I mean, the, from the day they left our country, we have been free. Land of the free, home of the brave. What, what, what are they telling us about? Then Jesus said this to them. He says, most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin, does America commit sin? Oh, um, that's new information to me now. Because they're land of the free. I don't understand. Okay, so, uh, anyway, let me read <laughs> Uh, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. And the slave does not abide in the house forever. But a son abides in the house forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. So when we talk about freedom, this is the kind of freedom I'm talking about. Not political freedom. That one is, is transient. That one doesn't make anything, you know. What we are talking about is walking in the authority of God. Being free and the devil not messing up, you know, not putting fear in your heart, not putting guilt in your heart, not putting shame in your heart, and you walk free. The devil is unable to touch your finances. The devil is unable to touch your children, touch your loved ones and the people that God has given you jurisdiction over. That is what we are talking about when we talk about the kind of freedom. So in the next five weeks, we are praying for ourselves, we are praying for our family, we are praying for our church, we are praying for our community. Do you know that God is, you know, wants you and me to represent him in this community. That's why he said, I have seen, I have heard, I know. He said, I have come down. And then the fourth thing he said, the last thing he said is, I am sending you, verse 10. So imagine this, God comes or he sees, he hears, he comes, and then he says, I'm sending you. God, now that you came, just do it. How about that? <laughs> no, 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 no. Because God, for some reason, has decided that he will partner with you and me to bring about deliverance. He could have done it on his own, but for some reason, he just likes to work with you and me. And so, can you imagine this? That in 2022, God is inviting you and me to be partners with him for the deliverance of our families, for the deliverance of our church, for the deliverance of our community, God is inviting you and me to be part. We are Moseses in our generation, people. He says, he invited, says, I am sending you. I am sending you. Let me say something here as I close. Um, if, you are, if you are a man, if you are a man, you are head of a household, just stand up here. Stand up if you are a man. Uh, some people are going to deny to be men now. They're okay, like, uh, am, I, am I a man? Or, don't be confused, please. <laughs> Let the world be confused. Don't be confused. <laughs> All right, good. All right, let me say something to you. This is how you know a man. When you walk back today from this service, walk in your home with authority and pray for your wife and say, in the name of Jesus, whatever the devil used to do before, that's the end. That's freedom right there. And say, you pray for your daughter, pray for your child and say, and, and love on them and hug them and say, this is, in whatever sickness, disease, whatever is that they are going through and struggling with and begin to be like a priest in your family, be a, a prophet in your family, you know, be, 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 be a head of household, not just the one who brings dollars in, no. Be, bring salvation in, bring the Holy Ghost in that place. That, <laughs> come on. You're free to clap. You're free to clap. Yes. <laughs> yes. Be the man that ushers in salvation in your home. 
So when you go back home today, don't, don't, don't just kind of walk carelessly and like, you know, no, 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 no. Be the priest over your home. You know, can you take your seats a little while? And then la- ladies, now please, you, are, you know, you're a lady, you're a woman there. I want you to rise up to your feet. I want to show you something here. Yes, 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 yes. I always love the ladies because they make things happen. They make things happen, you know. When you want something done, uh, you know, call for a woman. Right? Get a real, a serious woman. You know, uh, let me tell you a funny story in the Bible. Uh, you know, it, there was a king of Israel called Ahab. And Ahab was, you know, was, was feeling threatened by something that was happening. And, and the wife was Jezebel. And Jezebel said, are you the king of Israel? And then a tiny, tiny, teeny, teeny little man has said something and you're walking around and you feel like you're going to faint. He said, Let, leave that up to me. I'm going to deal with it. And she really dealt with it. That's why I like women, right? <laughs> women can do some things, right? They can do some things. Now listen to this, ladies. I want you to arise in your home. Remember, you're a mother of your home. You, are the mother. you have authority in your home. You have authority in your home. I want that, you know, this month, you will exercise that authority. You know, when, maybe when your kids are sleeping also, come lay your hands on them and speak blessings over them. You know, say, you know what? Speak blessings over them. They, know, they will not, you know, speak marital blessings over them. They will not marry obscure guys and men and women or whatever. Speak your blessing over them. You are a mother. You carry them for nine months. You know what it means. So take that authority and say, in the name of Jesus, if I carry you for nine months, you're going to walk straight. (laughs) You know, but take your authority and say, in the name of Jesus, Satan, you have no place in this home. And close the door to the enemy. Maybe you have a spouse that is not even a believer. You say, no, 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 no. From, you know, Lord God, I'm going to trust you for my husband. Until he surrenders to Jesus Christ. You have the power in you to do that. You have the power in you to do that. The Bible says, believe in the Lord. So shall, you know, it says, you know, it says, it says so shall you be saved. You, both you and your family. That's what, you know, uh, Paul, you know, spoke to the jailer that released him. He says, when you believe, you and your family shall be saved. So take authority. That's what it means to be free. Freedom is not to go and write something on Facebook and write on Twitter and say, I'm free, you know, I have you know, freedom of speech. You know, like, because freedom of speech, you speak, the devil doesn't even hear you. Freedom of speech is when you speak and the devil hears you. That's freedom of speech, man. Because that's the one you, you get away with, right? If you can get away with the devil, you have gotten away with everything. Because he's the one who is causing all the trouble around. So when you get authority to let the devil, send the devil to flight, that is true authority. Come on, people. Come on. Give a hand clap offering to the Lord. I know this is, uh, <laughs> I know this is, and I, and, and, I, and I apologize for the way I'm speaking today, but I don't really apologize. You know, you know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> I just want you to get it raw like it is. But we have got to come out of this slumber that you and me have been in and, and stand like men and women of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. This world has got to know what that means in reality, not just in songs. They've got to say, I am a child of God. Let that, that boss has got to know that I'm a child of God. So before they do whatever they are doing and just kind of like say, you know, you know, 
let God visit them tonight and they come back tomorrow and say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you know, your promotion is coming, please. I just was, it was just a little mistake, it was a glitch in the system. And uh, yeah, because sometimes demons cause these people to do crazy things. And all of the time we are just saying, well, why does this man hate me that much? Well, if you chase that devil out of your workplace, they will love you more. Hello? <laughs> Hello? Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, I'm in trouble today. But here is how I close. The Lord told Moses to say, let my people go. Ladies, you can sit down. I know I've kept you long, for, but at least you lost about 0. 0.0000 calories, you know. <laughs> Maybe I'm helping, you know, for the new year. <laughs> so, it says, let my people go so that they might worship me. Listen to this. We are going to be praying every Sunday. And we are going to be praying during the week. Here's what I encourage you to do. Every day of this year, start a Bible plan and start reading your word. Every day, spend some time. Instead of five hours on social media, no, no. Kind of reduce those number of hours and spend time and just pray. What is prayer? Talking to your God. Talking to the one who is able to free you indeed. And come to church. The day, the week that we shall be praying, let this place be filled because you want to be part of this. Yes, because this is that year. We have to do something different, people. We have to do something different. Listen to what the Bible says. It says, call on me. It says, Jeremiah 33, uh, 33 verse 3. Call on me, it says, and I will answer. And I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know of. Look at what he says in James 4 verse 2. He says, you have not because you ask not. You have not because you ask not. Maybe you have been, you know, financially down, the COVID and, you know, losing of jobs and all that. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. We are going to be asking the Lord, Lord, give us back finances so we can take care of our families. We can serve you with it. We can pay our tithes. We can give our offerings. We can help the community. Lord God, help us. And God is going to do that. Bible says, Luke 1 verse 37. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Amen. That's what we are going to be believing God for. So, so as the choir begins to sing, this is what I want you to do. If, you, if this message touched you in any way or the other, I want you to walk to the front. This is, this is serious business, guys. And we, we just want to be, be able to cry out to the Lord. We're going to say, Lord God, see me here. You're going to take a step because, you know, taking a step to the altar is saying, you know, I don't want to sit in my old familiar. No, 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 no. I'm going to take it. Whatever that new future is that God has for me. But I know somebody said this and I loved it. He said, I may not know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. So when you take a step of faith, that's what you are saying. I say, I don't know what this means. I, I don't really understand all of it. But I know who is calling me to that. So can we all rise to our feet? And I, and I want to, us to say this prayer first of all. It's a prayer to accept Jesus into our lives. Because guys, let us be honest. Without Jesus, nothing, none of these things that I said today is possible. Without Jesus. So I want us to just say this prayer. And I want you, if you've never done so, especially, say it with all of your heart. I want you to, us to say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I have heard your word. 
I believe in you that you send your son Jesus to die for my sins. Lord, forgive me of my sin. Lord, come into my life and be my savior, be my Lord, be my leader. From today, I give my heart to you. Make me a child of God. Thank you, Lord, for coming into my life. I boldly declare, I am a child of God. I am a child of God. And as the choir sings, I want you to come. We're going to be praying for the sick, praying for your families and all of that. Just come and just kneel down or walk or whatever you have to do, but put your focus on Jesus as the choir leads us. I want you to speak to the Lord. Open your mouth. The Bible says, He hears our cry. What is it that you want to ask God to do for you this year? Whether it's for your family, for your daughter, for your son, for your husband, for your loved one, for your friends, concerning your job, concerning your financial situation, just say something to the Lord. Say, Lord God, I want you to intervene, Lord God. Let the, I want the devil out of my finances. I want the devil out of my bank account. The devil out of my job, out of my family, out of my children. Nothing. Come on. Say something. Let him hear your voice. He listens to you. The Bible says he hears our cry. Come on, go ahead. Say something to the Lord. Say something to the Lord. Whisper something to the Lord. Say, Lord, this, this year has got to be different. This year has got to be different. I, 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 I can, we can't keep on this way. It's got to be different. It's got to be different. Lord God, I, I'm, I'm going to pray this year. I, I'm going to read the word of God. I, I'm going to engage in something that is going to change the situation. Turn the situation around, Lord. Ask God for strength. Say, Lord, just give me strength, Lord. I, sometimes I start some things and I abandon them along the way. Lord, but this year, give me strength, Lord. Give me power, Lord. Give me, give me the resolve. Give me the audacity to believe you this year, Lord. Say that, say that, say that. Open your mouth. Say something to the Lord. Just open your mouth. Whisper something. Say something. Say something to the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm going to call on our pastor to just come and he's going to pray for us and just speak a blessing over our lives and ask God to, you know, maybe you, you came here because of your daughter. Maybe you came here because of sickness and all that. And I want us to just put your hand, lay your hand on your chest. You know, meaning my life, my life, you know. You know, and, and, we are, and the pastor is just going to pray for us and just ask that chains will be broken, that bondages will be broken and that freedom will reign and that God will set us free. Sickness, disease, salvation will come to our families in the name of Jesus. You know, I, I got to say that when I put my hand on my chest like that, I feel the scar on my chest from my open heart surgery and I'm reminded that that to say God I'm yours means literally every day that every day is yours the only reason I can take a breath is because of him and so Father we commit ourselves to you right now and I'm reminded of the prayer that I used to pray years and years ago I'd pray it every day I would say God I give you I know this sounds stupid I give you my my little one-car garage and I give you the, the Pontiac Sunbird that's in that garage 
and I give you the deck between the garage and the house and I give you that little that little 40 by 20 some house I give you those bedrooms I give you my wife I give you my son and today I'm reminded Father of that prayer and I pray today that as as men and women I pray that we would as husbands and wives as, as mothers and fathers that we would God give you every square inch of our lives. God, I pray that that we would give you our kitchens, that we would give you our dining rooms, that we would give you our living rooms. Lord, that we would give you our, our bedrooms, the bedrooms where our children sleep at night, where they try to live so much of their lives away from the rest of the house. I give you I give you our bedrooms, God. I give you the hallways, Lord, that we can walk up and down and pray for our home. Father, I give you our sons. I give you our daughters, oh God. I give you our husbands, our wives. Father, I give you our health. I give you the health of my family, Father. I give you the health of my daughter, Becca. I give you the health of my boys. I give you the health of my wife. Father, I give you my resources. All that I have is yours. You are the source of everything that I have, and it is yours. God, no matter how many garages I have, Lord, it's all yours. Father, I pray that throughout this month that we will not settle for 2022 to be the same as 2021 or 2020, but that this will be the year. Father, when the dream that you have placed in our heart, when that dream comes to fruition, that we will see God as the Lord of our family. God, I pray that we will declare to the world that we are your children, the sheep of your pasture. You are our Father, and we declare it with pride, O God, to the world. And I pray that this month we will see miracles. We will see your Lordship over our health. We will see your Lordship over our family, over our jobs, over our homes. Lord, all that we possess, we will see your Lordship over every bit of it. Father, we thank you, O God, today. And we go in the peace of God today. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.